Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the next episode of the Pre-Modcast. Hey, kids! Oh, what's going on? <laughs> it's me, Seb. Hi, Seb. <laughs> what are you doing in my, my recording booth, Mike? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just wound up, and, and now I'm over here in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And, and Anton, are you even here? Are you out I, there, I, Anton? I am here, but I'm very confused. Where, okay, what what podcast are we doing? I have no idea at this point. Uh, <laughs> it's usually Monster of the Week. Yeah. But uh, like for the last couple of weeks, I've been listening on uh, is House of the Dragon here. Mm-hmm. That's a good podcast. The, uh, yeah. The Hot D cast. So I think, I don't know what to talk about today, actually. <laughs> I, th- I think today we actually, we're doing a crossover episode with like uniting two pre-modern pre-modern podcasts. Mike Harris is probably too modest to not interview (laughs) himself on his own podcast. So, but he is becoming a monster of the week. Uh, He he has done some amazing runs with um, Hermit Not, no, Hermit Not. Hermit Not, Hermit Feb. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we will continue our deep dive in like bug convoluted combo journey on this cast tonight okay. with uh, some more convoluted combos i guess Seven. then I'll, I'll do like this i'll do the classic uh, wing in and then we act like nothing of this happened yeah. <laughs> all right uh, and then i then i ask you anton what we're doing today okay and cool. then you introduce mike cool sounds okay. good welcome to monster of the week <laughs> oh my god, you got me out of the loop. I don't know how to do it anymore. That was very bad. Yeah, this is how we chill from 93 till. 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 Well, it's, it's so. good to know that. We're not the only podcast that totally goes to shit when we hit record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is how the sausage is made. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's pace it back. Uh, full English breakfast. Is that where we hit it off then, first off? Yeah, where do I we think we start? Yeah. Uh, okay. Mike, yes. tell us about full English breakfast. What's that? All right, so... It is a deck. It is an insanely powerful deck in pre-modern. I know this because the very first pre-modern online tournament I did all the way back in 2018 was I was playing just like a threshold deck, playing my favorite cards like Nimble Mongoose and Werebear. And this guy mm, plays Werebear. survival against me and I'm like, Oh, well, I got two Nimble Mongoose, and I'm about to hit Threshold, so I'm good. <laughs> Next thing <laughs> I know, I'm dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, but I had two 3-3s, three and they're not targetable. You're, this is supposed to be going my way. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, yeah, Full English Breakfast is a survival combo based around the card Volrath Shapeshifter. Yeah. Which uh, Volrath shapeshifter? Pesky little creature. Oh, it's such a weird one. And yeah. you know, when they printed it, they weren't thinking anything weird was going to happen. 
<laughs> then it, they printed so... survival yeah. very next set. <laughs> yeah. And all of the layering and ever that's just like that that's that's not good, right? That's just like making the card worse, I guess. It's right. so weird that even wizards can't make it uh, correct on the Magic Online. It's it's yeah. been bugged forever. Like you can't play this deck on Moto. Right. Yeah. So it's... this is old school nerfing cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe Flood Breakfast was a deck, what, in like extended around the early aughts. Um, mm. And, you know, in pre-modern, it was an obvious home because you've got the survival unbanned and you've got the shapeshifter. And mm -hmm. so when it first started out, most people were playing the uh, you get an Acroma in the yard mm. so that you can attack on the turn that you play the shapeshifter. And then you drop and fly over, basically. you fly over everything. And mm -hmm. then you drop phage the untouchable, which reads, you know, if this creature damages the opponent, they lose the game. Yep. So it's like pretty immediate. And you would think that's the best it's going to get. Well, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> whoever innovated the devourer deck into pre-modern didn't realize that there was another thing devourer could do. <laughs> and it's actually even more impressive in Full yeah. English Breakfast. Um, so we had Robin Lund on uh, maybe like a year and a half ago or something. Like, yeah. yeah. No, maybe later, earlier even. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. we've, we've had him on twice. We had him on okay. once to talk about zombies. And then mm -hmm. we were like, you know, we need someone to talk about Full English Breakfast because yeah. the three of us <clears throat> had no idea <laughs> how the deck worked. <laughs> like, we had all been beaten by it, <laughs> but we had no idea how it worked. And, and so, he had some good runs with it in the past, so that's probably the right guy to exactly. yeah. talk about. Yeah. Robin yeah. is probably still the poster boy for the deck in mm -hmm. the community, but, but Mike, you're getting there. <laughs> well, really yeah, so I, I'm taking a different tack with it, um, but Robin, definitely his contributions should not be diminished because on that podcast where he was talking about it, he introduced us to the fact that like he doesn't play the phage combo anymore mm. and we were like why <laughs> that's how you win <laughs> so and, what are we going to talk about now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and he was like well no uh with the devourer triskelion combo you actually basically can't be stopped if you mm -hmm. have enough mana and you have the right things in hand which is very easy to do with survival uh, you can't be stopped by anything. You can't be stopped by a Tormod's Crypt. You can't be stopped by removal. You can't be stopped, even Planar Void, which yeah. I, I thought Planar Void was like rest in peace where it was a replacement effect. No, yeah. it's a trigger. So mm -hmm. you can drop the Devourer into the yard with your Shapeshifter out, mm -hmm. and then the Planar Void will trigger, and then you just respond to the trigger. Um, okay. Sh should so, we explain exactly yeah. how that yeah. combo works? Like the it. sequencing <laughs> and everything. Do it, yeah. because it will get worse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this, this, this is just 101 Feb. Right, mm -hmm. this is a this is, uh, uh, Feb classic. Yeah. Okay, so in the original Feb, you flew over with a, uh, with a Chroma, and mm -hmm. then you won with the Fage. Exactly. Or, or have... another possibility was uh, Cephalid Ink Shrouder, which... It reads, discard a card, Cephalid Ink Shrouder gains unblockable and can't be targeted. Yeah. But oh, obviously okay. that didn't give you haste. But mm. the creature got to keep 
those abilities. So you discard to the Ink Shrouder Shapeshifter. You discard the Acroma. Now you can attack with haste, and it can't okay. be targeted or blocked. Then you drop Phage into the board. So it was it was a and, very and complicated deck from the get go. That's the first step. It was over combo. Yes, <laughs> and it was about to get a lot crazier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All so, right. Stop it. Yes. Okay. Devourer is in the yard. What happens okay. now? So Devourer is in the yard, and actually, the bulk of the deck, uh, when it comes to the thinking that the Feb player has to do is what leads to this point. <laughs> so this is when you are going to win. Yeah. All you need, if you have the Shapeshifter out, you have the Devourer in the yard. Ideally, if you are concerned about removal or Tormod's Crypt activation or any of that, you also have the Trike in hand. Yeah. So with the Devourer in the yard as a Shapeshifter, you start resolving Devourer triggers. Um, or the Devourer's ability. And it's important that you allow them to resolve so that the Devourer shapeshifter... Each and every card you show yeah. is like, okay, one... This this is the sequencing. Just right. one card at a turn, okay? This is going, and this is resolving. Yeah. The Shapeshifter is getting all the plus one, plus one counters from each card with a casting cost that you mm. turn over. All right, uh, stop there, stop there. We have a clause here. So yes. something happens when it hits power seven or greater. Correct. Yeah. So uh, Devour reads uh, once its power is seven or greater, it will die. However, yeah. as being an Alliances card, uh, this is a trigger. This yeah. isn't an instantaneous thing. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can continue responding to the trigger. Um, okay. So but then you can't let those triggers resolve anymore. You you can let those triggers okay. resolve. Uh -huh, okay. Because once that's triggered, like it's it's kind of that thing where it resolves and then that triggers again, but then you just continue responding to that. So you're building up all these death triggers, but you're never going to actually get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, because once you have 20 or more, depending on your opponent's life total. You then drop the Triskelion into the graveyard. Um, right. And especially if you're doing it with survival, it's part of the cost. So it yep. goes immediately. Nothing has to resolve. Mm. Um, you pay your green mana. You drop the Triskelion into yeah. the graveyard. You have all of those counters that you have allowed to build up. And you then shoot your opponent. Your you don't opponent. even search your library with survival. You just shoot your opponent. Exactly. You, you just mm -hmm. yeah. you hold priority and you just kill them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, because you you you're able to do it, uh, you you don't you don't need the survival in a way. Then I guess. Well, uh, but you, it's the best way to do it. It's, it's the best way to do it because it only costs one green. Um, Shapeshifter yeah. also, uh, we neglected to mention, not only does it have the ability to become the top card of your graveyard, if it is a yeah. creature, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, but notably, it's not like Shallow Grave or anything like that where it says take the top creature in your graveyard. 
Only yeah. the top card matters. And if their top card is not a creature, it is simply a zero one blue shapeshifter with the ability pay two, choose and discard a card. Yes. But with so that theory, one, you it is part of the that. resolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't you really matter it. because... Um, well, I guess you need to activate it and then discard them. You're right. Right. Yeah. You need to activate it and then discard the card. So if you didn't have the survival, if for some reason something very bad happened <laughs> and you still managed to have a shapeshifter in play, a devourer as the top card of your graveyard, mm -hmm. and a trike in hand, you could mm -hmm. still do that and uh, pay the two mana, discard it. It's fine that um, you have to wait for it to resolve, but with the survival, it's just an added little split second type effect. Yeah. Um, so another, another thing in this interaction that I wanted to mention is that sometimes, um, it doesn't happen often because this is obviously the best kill. This is what you're gonna go for. This is usually how a Feb deck is going to win. Sometimes, though, weird things happen, and say someone Mesmeric Fiended away, you're Triskelion. Mm -hmm. uh, but you do have the Devourer. If you mm -hmm. don't allow the triggers to resolve, if you just mm -hmm. start, start activating, 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 um, and you tell your opponent, these are not resolving, and then the power and toughness will not be growing. So the yeah. Devourer Clause that will kill it once it gets to seven won't happen. And then with all of those on the stack, you drop another creature into your graveyard. Then you can allow all of those things to resolve. It will get all the plus one, plus one counters. So especially if you're like my deck and you still play Acroma, then you can attack with a giant Acroma. Yeah, and with all the counters on it. Then, with all the counters because it won't have died to the Devourer trigger. But th are, are those... Plus one, plus one counter. Yeah, yeah there's plus one, plus one. Yeah. Uh, pl <coughs> plus X, plus X counters. Well, so yeah. so that got eroded. Um, that okay. got oracled into X plus one, plus one counters. Uh, okay. When it was printed, yes, it said put a plus X, plus X <laughs> counter. <laughs> to, to make everything work. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were still kind of smoothing things out oh, back in the Alliance's no. days. Yeah, and, um, and I kind actually of this trick another wouldn't thing work. That, I don't know like if we that. mentioned it earlier, but we actually remove the cards uh, from the library, yes. not put them in there. Yeah, that because is highly relevant because yeah. if they <laughs> yeah, went so to the graveyard, exactly. it would no longer be a devourer. <laughs> yeah, so the yeah. shapeshifter don't give, become another card. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so so Robin obviously has done probably the most work of anyone, and um, actually the latest. Uh, regular Feb deck to top eight the West Coast Championship that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, it ran, it was very similar to what Robin thinks is the best one. It runs a full four intuition, um, four unearth, and actually his latest tech was to do two devourers in yep. case something goes wrong with the mm. devourers. Um, mm. Personally, I like Psychotog as a way to kind Me of- Me as well. Yeah, a yeah. way to kind yeah. of clean up the graveyard because yeah. sometimes you want to get something else there first. 
Yeah, it's mm. super weird when you can go for the ki- for the combo kill and your only creature in hand is Triskelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So you need to you need to assemble Shapeshifter by discarding Triskelion. If you don't have Psychotog, you are fucked. You have to like pass the turn basically. Right. So um, we're already past the toolkit then. Mm-hmm. The su- we need survival and these creatures. Right. Basically. Yeah. Um, uh, and I just and wanted now, to mention the the guy who top aided. His name was Denny McLean. So shout out yeah. to him for top aiding. And the le- one of the latest iterations was was the ones you mentioned, but mm-hmm. having like intuition to find it. And but what are the other usual like cards that you keep? You, I guess you have need some uh, protection, like duresses, and or what? What do you do in full English breakfast usually? So too? actually, this is one of the best decks for Cabal therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes a full four Cabal therapy. Uh, a lot of people will run duress in the board. Um, personally, I'm not a big fan just because the first time I played Full English Breakfast was in the February monthly, and I did one in five. Yeah. <laughs> because that's something else we should say. This is a very, very steep learning curve for this deck. Yeah. Prepare mm. to lose a lot when you first yeah. pick it up. <laughs> and, and prepare to lose, and then days later, realize how you could have won. <laughs> yeah, and like, there's not that much coming back from a mistake. That's right. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Very un- unforgivable deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be fair, like, don't beat yourself up when that happens. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've been known to, with other decks, realize how I could have won and been really mad at myself with this one. I'm like, no, the deck is so complicated. I treat this yeah. as a learning experience. It's fine that I lost that match. <laughs> Next time yeah. it won't happen. And it still happens. I, I still realize the go-to, lines. <laughs> the go-to for me with that is playing Doomsday. <laughs> that's oh, I'm that's sure. also like a, <laughs> a nightmare, if you don't, especially if you don't win. Yeah, You mm-hmm. don't really remember or, or like lay awake of other ways to have won. <laughs> right. But, but those, uh, those games that you could just might have squeezed out a win of. Right, yeah. and you realize like you've been sitting there making your opponent wait while you think through all the lines, <laughs> yeah. and then you finally go, "I can't make them wait any longer. I'm just going to take yeah, this yeah. line and hope for the yeah. best." <laughs> and and it's every time it's the line that because the first thing you do is like recognize, okay, what am I not doing? Right. <laughs> and then when you need really to do something, you go straight back to space one and do the thing which which would should have done. <laughs> but but that's the thing with the deck, like. If your opponent has, like, say, one wasteland, you know yeah. he or she can fuck up your graveyard order big time. Right. And like, yeah, so so right. you have to play around that. And, like, mm-hmm. goldfishing fab is pretty easy. Mm. Uh, so, like, just putting up the deck and start making a, as fast a combo kill as possible. That's pretty easy. Mm. And it, it's it pretty is. consistent at turn three, turn four. Like, that, yeah. that's, that's if you're going uninterrupted. Shocking, Give us though. a consistent hand, then. <clears throat> Because so so, what are the pacing to get to the point that we discussed that I don't want to discuss again? Yes. How we actually <laughs> well, so go for um, the kill. and this kind of ties into what you were saying. So, uh, in building the deck, obviously you're going for survival. You're going to go for cabal therapy. Hmm. Currently, for intuition is the way to go. I don't have four intuitions, so <laughs> I need to get there if I'm going to play a classic feb again. But you want a ton of creatures. You want like. Some Somewhere in the 23 to 25 creatures. Um, but you want four bir- birds of paradise. Four birds of mention. paradise yeah. is the best one. Um, 
but just because one of the, the only like intense non- mana or like because you need other colors or yes exactly yeah. it covers it covers those bases you want to ramp because you do need a fair amount of mana to actually get the combo going now one thing i will add um one of the only non-creatures that we haven't talked about is unearth mm. unearth is incredible in this yeah. deck um and it wasn't really played that often um when i first built the deck about uh beginning of this year um it was kind of like people would play like two or three sort of thing and even in that first month when I did horribly, <laughs> I realized I want to play four on earth and Robin agrees. He, he says four on earth is the way to go because with unearth, you get this added uh, cheat on mana. Yeah. So not only does it cheat on mana, it also gives you the ability to go off without having to use squee for card advantage. So the line, and, and this is one of those exact situations we were talking about. Um, I was playing that first month, and I had two mana. I had the um, survival in play. Sure. And I knew this was my only shot. Like, I had my opponent's turn, and then I had my next turn. And I didn't figure it out at that time <laughs> how okay. to go off with only two mana. However, later on that night, I realized it and I wrote it down because I was like, I'm not going to forget this ever again. So if you have uh, two mana survival in play, at the end of your opponent's turn, you activate one, pitching whatever creature you had, you get a Great Whale or a Palancron. Uh, That's one of those ones that will confuse your opponent if they haven't played against it before. You drop that into the yard um, with your second mana, and you get your Volrath Shapeshifter. Then you take your turn. You now have two mana, and most importantly, you have to have the Unearth in hand, and you have to have ways to produce green mana, like lands that produce green and one black. So City of Brass, Lenoir Waste, Gemstone Mine, but Gemstone Mine gets a little weird because if you activate yeah. it three times, <laughs> it becomes the top card of your graveyard. So at least two counters, uh, I guess, on that. Right, exactly. Um, you can sequence it so that uh, it happens at the right time, but we won't get into that complication. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> so yeah. you now have your Palancron, or I have Great Whale, in the yard. You have a Shapeshifter in hand. You have two mana open. You use one. And you have an unearth in hand. You have unearth in yeah. hand. Yeah. You use one to drop the shapeshifter. Shapeshifter finds devourer. Uh, you mm. cast the unearth, targeting the shapeshifter. The top creature being the great whale or palancron. And this is a really weird interaction, but mm-hmm. because it resolves and puts the shapeshifter into play at the same time the shapeshifter will consider itself to be the palancron when it comes into play and it will trigger so it gets the enter the battlefield yeah. it will trigger. trigger the enters the battlefield exactly so you will mm-hmm. get to untap up to seven lands um it will immediately become a zero one shapeshifter because unearth is now your top card yeah. now that it's in play but you've gotten the trigger 
you untap and your like two on lands. Earth for those, it's you can cycle on Earth, but it returns target creatures three or less. That's basically yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's one black mana return target creature from your graveyard to play, uh, with that creature being converted casting cost three or less. Which yeah. so in this deck is perfect because yeah. <laughs> most of the, the time, uh huh, you're going to be unearthing the shapeshifter. Yeah. I have on occasion um, had to unearth um, a psychotog, um, wall of roots. Actually, yeah. I found myself yeah. unearthing more often. Absolutely. Um, or a I see like a sequence. You're mentioning cabotherapy, like just to take care of the combo. So you're you're prepared. You can just maybe unearth. Uh, as you mentioned, like exactly, a, a guys, tangent, tangent, tangent. This is so convoluted. Mike is in the loop now. Sorry, sorry. right? He has We're about to win. A palancron enters the yeah, battlefield. Yeah. He now so untaps two lands. The, la the mana with um, the shapeshifter that I dropped in the yard and searched up devour. Um, I now drop the devour into the yard by activating survival with my one of my two untapped lands and i find the triskelion i can now start going off with the devourer and then drop the triskelion yeah. now um the important thing to add when we were discussing how it can't be interacted with if you do it this way you can be interacted with they can respond with removal to the great whale trigger um by killing mm -hmm. it yeah and not only that, if they say swords it, the swords will see it as a zero one shapeshifter, so you won't gain any life. Mm. <laughs> so it's the riskier yeah. one, but I mean, come on, guys, two mana. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes two mana you gotta do and it. You win. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I guess we should say about the like evolution of the deck is that back in the days, the stock list played like four Volver shapeshifter. Right. It's now been trimmed down to like two. Two. Exactly. Yeah, that's another Robin uh, suggestion. And yeah, I think I think we should also name drop Johannes Kemmler in in, <clears throat> in this evolution because I know he has done a shitload of work. Yes, um, he has done a ton Robin. of work, and he's he's the man of the hour when we get to yeah. Hermit Feb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so are, so are we getting there? <laughs> uh, well, we're almost there. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I just wanted to go over the. Yeah, I'm the not in a rush, but. Uh... <laughs> The couple more innovations on uh, Full English Breakfast Classic, uh, mm. which are uh, Two Squee was a mm. big Robin addition yeah. because, mm -hmm. man, when you're playing, because sometimes the deck has to go grindy, you know, yeah. especially if you're playing against like Control or The Rock or something like you can't just go for the immediate kill. You have mm. to try it. You have to whittle down your opponent's hand. Um, another trick that everyone loves is Hypnox. Um, mm. Hypnox mm. does not work with Unearth because it has the interesting clause of only if it's played from your hand, yeah. Hypnox will remove your opponent's hand from the game. And then in Full English Breakfast, since you cast a shapeshifter to do that, once you drop another creature onto your graveyard, they will not get it back even if they remove the shapeshifter. Mm. It's no um, longer the Hypnox. Exactly. And Hypnox can be such a big help uh like cabal therapy might not be enough to get rid of all your opponent's answers um against sly hypnox is incredible because yeah. they're usually holding a lot of burn the ability mm. to take all that out is a really big help and then you got an 8-8 flyer <laughs> and they don't have a hand yeah. how are they yeah. ever going to deal with that yeah 
I think that's usually a good way of winning against life. People tend to go to life gain and I don't know, circle protections or whatever, but having a clock is <laughs> it's right. pretty good. a good way to yeah. win it's yeah. magic. Having right. a huge clock and um, being able to take out their hand. Did you say clock or? Yeah. <laughs> yes, having a huge <laughs> clock. <laughs> Note the L. <laughs> um, so other than that, the deck is mostly like mana creatures, you know, um, you'll play a couple of elves to supplement the four birds. Uh, Wall of Roots is incredible because yep. not only does Wall of Roots slow down the aggressive decks, that can be a pain in the ass. Uh, mm -hmm. You're playing a lot of pain lands. You're mm -hmm. using the pain lands a lot for colored mana, especially mm -hmm. when you're activating survival. <laughs> and Wall of Roots can not only slow down their creatures attacking, but you can activate survival on the turn you bring the wall of roots into play. So it kind of has haste. You can then also activate yeah. survival on their turn. So you can yeah, do exactly. it twice. Um, so yeah, I, one of my other big mistakes when I thought I kind of understood the deck once I played it in the March monthly is that I took out the wall of roots. Cause I was like, I just want elves Ooh. cause I want to be faster. Whoa. Mm, okay. Yeah. Big mistake. Oh, yeah. That's a big mistake. <laughs> I, I, I realized that I got very lucky <laughs> by doing that. Um, so then in the March monthly, I, I played the uh, stifle knot version of Feb, mm. which runs four dreadnoughts and four stifles. It did end up being a big help because I played against Sly quite a bit and yeah. the dreadnought combo is better against Sly. Um, and also, with the shapeshifter that's kind of a secondary way to do the dreadnought you just yeah. put a shapeshifter into play drop the dreadnought into the yard even if you don't have survival you can use the shapeshifter's ability to do that mm. um so i ended up going to the top eight i think i went to the top four and i lost to patrick burt in the top four of that yeah. even without wall of roots <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had wastelands in that deck Yes, I correctly. and yeah. and I made the uh, big mistake of keeping a hand with two mana dorks and only one non-basic land, mm. and he wastelanded and swords my bird, oh. <laughs> and oh. I proceeded to draw go for a few turns, <laughs> and there was no way I was coming back from that. Um, yeah. But it is it is a very good take on the deck. Um, if, if you want kind of a secondary combo, if you feel like only having survival as your way to win, because that's the other thing about Full English Breakfast. It's essentially a one-card combo deck. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I, I think we talked about that earlier. Sorry, about the stifle, <laughs> stifle combo. That's, Anton, like, that's the thing you keep in the, in the 75 sometimes nowadays, like having another win con it's somewhere. so easy to squeeze that combo in i yeah. guess yeah. so it's like everywhere but yeah we should mention before we go to the next thing about the deck like <clears throat> uh the hate is real versus fab if you go classic fab like one engineered plague means you have a real hard time to have your devourer ever enter so you need a basically a psychotog to pump it first and then turn it into a devourer like right. curse totem null rods there are so many hateful cards versus the this deck and that like goes into every sideboard so like having a secondary combo i'm a huge proponent for that with mm -hmm. 
Yeah. The, the good thing about being a survival deck is that you also get to be a toolbox. So you do have like Monk Realist, uh, Octavia Orangutan. You can search for a lot of things. I've actually been very big on uh, Gorilla Shaman um, mm. because in particular, the Hermit Feb is very uh, susceptible to Tormod's Crypt and Phyrexian Furnace. And boy, Gorilla Shaman loves <laughs> eating up those Tormod's Crypts. <laughs> it's actually cheaper than Octavia Orangutan and reusable. Um, I had the joy against a uh, Terrageddon deck of taking ah. out a Tormod's Crypt and two Mox Diamonds mm. <laughs> all That's in one turn. Good. That's pretty yeah, good. Not bad at all. But, uh, we should... Um... We should probably segue to to why you're here now, Mike. Yes. Well, well, this is the perfect time to segue. So after I played Feb Classic in February and then uh, Stifle Not Feb in March, it was the Spring Fling. And I was like, oh, man, I just top aided with Feb. Uh, I definitely want to play it. But uh, actually, my co-host, Jared Doucette, had shared with me uh, this crazy Feb combo that involved Hermit Druid. And I was like, all right, well, and he had shared it with me like a couple months earlier. I was like, I got to learn Feb Classic first. I can't jump into this. <laughs> and um, so then I was like, I think I want to play it. Like, uh, who gave you the list? And so then I went through this tracking down through Europe, essentially, <laughs> where I think uh, he pointed me to Robin, uh, who then pointed me to Svanta who then pointed me to Johannes. And uh, Johannes Kamler deserves all the credit for this brew. Uh, it is fantastic. I actually recently found out he wanted to play it in the Super Gauntlet last year, but uh, he had drafted regular Full English Breakfast, and uh, Mike Arnold was like, your brew can't be another no. Full English Breakfast no. deck. <laughs> so instead no. he played like a no-dredge hermit deck. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so he sent me this list, and it, I had no clue how it won with the Hermit. And I'm not alone in that, because whenever I've seen my list posted, uh, it gets that question. <laughs> how on earth does this win with the Hermit? Yeah, so I actually did an interview with, uh, I played uh, an old school tournament, and uh, was against a, with the Danish guy who went to the final with Mono Green, actually. So that was oh, fun. Wow. But <laughs> then I, then I said, well, I'm actually talking to Mike Harris about like, uh, Primorum. Oh, I, I started playing some Primorum. Do you want to see his deck? Sure. He said, like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm just scratching my head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I should also add that I feel like I get a fair amount of wins just off of the fact that my opponents tend to not know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're doing this episode, basically. So, so 
to stop Mike from winning everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I will get very few wins now, but uh, it's, it's not the first time we do the, with the <laughs> right. hermit combo. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so, so it is very interesting. Um, so anyone who is familiar with hermit druid from uh, the Flint Espill version of the deck, the hermit not deck, Mm -hmm. uh, Hermit Druid uh, says, pay a green and tap it to reveal cards from your library until you hit a basic land. But that deck and this deck play zero basic lands, so you are intentionally milling yourself. And most relevant, especially to this version, is that when the cards go to the graveyard, because you are the owner of those cards and they are hitting at the same time, you get to pick the order in which they go to the graveyard. Um, now that technically is only truly important that you put Karmic Guide on top. But of course, you're gonna put all the relevant cards on top so that you can easily access them as you kill your opponent <laughs> and as they right. stare at you dumbfounded. So all this right, is- Mike. The Stop. sequence. Yes. <laughs> this is the sequence. Stop. Before you go into the sequence, because okay. this one this one is cool. We need to go through your deck list. Okay. So <laughs> I will take 30 seconds and go through your deck list. Okay. All right. Mike plays uh, for Hermit Druid, for uh, Survival of the Fittest, for Birds of Paradise, one Enlightened Tutor, one Crossome Reclamation, two Wall of Shapeshifter, three Elvish Spirit Guide, two Wall of Roots, one Mesmeric Fiend, one Squee, one Psychotog, one Karmic Guide. One Devourer, one Triskelion, one Great Whale, one Acroma, one Hypnox. And then you have four Cabal Therapies, you have three Unnerves, two Shallow Grays, and 21 Lands. Correct. All right. Mm. Continue. <laughs> you have now activated your Hermit Druid. Okay. You will stack your whole uh, library into your graveyard. Basically. Exactly. Cards mentioned by Anton. Mm -hmm. yeah. In your graveyard. Somewhere. So, um, most of the time, if you have. Uh, the Unearth or the Shallow Grave in hand, you don't need to use the Crows and Reclamation, but very often you do not. So you will usually activate the Hermit at the end of your opponent's turn, if somehow you've been lucky enough to go that long with it alive, yeah. <laughs> or during your upkeep, if you have four mana and relevantly two green and one black. Yep. So Let's say that you're doing it that way. You're activating during your upkeep. Um, you are going to put on top the Karmic Guide. Um, then the following, it doesn't really matter the order, but I typically do it this way, where I'll go Karmic Guide, Psychotog, uh, Shapeshifter, Acroma, Two Unearths, Cabal Therapy. And with, or Crows and Reclamation too, because you got to flash that back. Yeah. So in your upkeep, you're going to flash back the Crows and Reclamation. You're going to put the two unearths into your library. You're going to draw those cards. Now, or one card, <laughs> one yeah. unearth. Yeah. And um, interestingly, I recently learned that I have not been doing it the 100% correct way. And I learned this when I actually made a um, uh, rules error in the top eight of the September monthly. So you cast the unearth, you target the shapeshifter. The karmic guide is the top card of your graveyard. 
The shapeshifter comes into play, and as we said with the Great Whale Palancron interaction, it will trigger the Karmic Guide's ability to return any creature from your graveyard to play. Now, the entire time I've been playing this deck up until now, I would return the Psychotog to play. In my Ooh. magic... Right. <laughs> okay, oh, shit. Right. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> the, in my match against Gabe Farkas, he responded to the trigger by swordsing the shape. The karmic trigger. He, yeah, re he responded to the yeah. karmic guide trigger by swordsing the shapeshifter. Mm. Now, I didn't realize at the time that you need to declare your target when it triggers. Um, and neither did Gabe realize this or Andrew watching. <laughs> so uh, what actually should have happened is he should have waited for me to declare my target. Um, he didn't do that. So we just kind of assumed like, oh, okay, now I can pick a different target. I'm not going to put the Psychotog into play. I'm going to target the Karmic Guide itself, the one that is on the top. As That's actually what you should yeah. do yeah, every yeah. single time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so from here on out, when I play this deck, that's what I am doing. <laughs> yeah. okay. So you unearth the shapeshifter, the karmic guide triggers, you target the karmic guide, you bring in the karmic guide. Mm. And we'll explain why that matters later. Yep. The karmic guide will now trigger again. And with that, you bring in the psychotog. You now sacrifice the Psychotog to flashback the Cabal Therapy. Um, it shouldn't really matter at this point because if they had something relevant, they probably would have done it, but you still do it anyways. Um, and you name like swords. <laughs> it's usually swords that yeah. I end up naming. Um, but, or, you know, I don't know, maybe Pyroblast or something. You can name whatever, but like I said, it would have been cast already. If maybe, it was maybe they were waiting with a stifle or something weird. Maybe. Like, yeah, well, yeah. stifle wouldn't really help at this point. Yeah, um, the battlefield trigger, it would have helped a lot. Right. Yeah. So um, you now have the Psychotog as the top card of your graveyard. The Shapeshifter is a copy of the Psychotog. You start removing two cards from the bottom of your graveyard. Um and you do that enough times until you get enough pumps that the last thing you're going to remove is the Psychotog itself. And if you stacked your graveyard, as I described at the beginning, a Chroma will now be the top card of your graveyard. You've hopefully done more than 14 pumps or however many you needed to kill your opponent. And you swing in with a hasty, flying, vigilance, trampling, protection from red, protection from black, base power 6-6, six, six, a chroma shapeshifter that has all those Psychotog pumps, and you kill your opponent that way. Sab, are you still with us? I think so. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pacing back to Psychotog. Yes. Uh, because you're actually allowed to uh, remove which cards you like. Yeah. You, you mentioned you don't have from to. the bottom. Yeah. But, uh, the Psychotog is not at the bottom since you sacrificed it, but you're removing it, the last right. card you remove, so it's not a Psychotog anymore. Because and that's, at this point, it's at the top of your graveyard. Right. Yeah. And okay. be the, sure then I, then and I'm do that. Now, going. Now, of course, with this one, funny things can happen. Like, say the Acroma was in your hand the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's mm -hmm. actually the easiest one to solve because instead of your last activation of Psychotog being to remove it, your last activation is to discard the Acroma into the yard. 
But yeah. then... or, or you can you, you also have like four cabal therapies in your graveyard, so you can at any point sacrifice like a karmic guide. Yes. That is also in play to, to discard yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And and I have had to do that sort of things yeah. multiple times. Um since you've already done all that, say uh the karmic guide was in your hand, that's one way you can get it in the yard. Um if the psychotog was in mm. your hand. Yeah then you actually you don't even need to go through the whole song and dance with the karmic guide and say you wanted a different enters the battlefield trigger and you put mesmeric fiend on top just to get an earlier chance to take out mm. something from their hand then you put the psychotog into the yard by either uh cabal therapy or if you have two open mana the shapeshifter's ability um other unfortunate things that sometimes happen, the Crozan Reclamation is in your hand mm. Mm. Um, because then that becomes the top card of your library. Yeah. So you need to have enough mana to then flash it back as well. Yeah. Um, or you need to cast it, have cast it before you activate the Hermit Druid. Mm. Um, and I think that covers about everything that can go wrong. I, I want to <laughs> jump in here because... Immediately when I saw your list, it was like, now it's the time I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna <laughs> pick this deck up. I'm gonna try it. And after I like goldfish it once, I reached out to Mike and said, "Yeah, we want your monster of the week." But like, th this is the thing. Like, I, I, after doing like ten goldfish games, all this shit happened. Like, okay, how? Wait, Psychotog is my hand. How do I solve this? Yeah. Wait, uh, Cross Reclamation is in my hand. How do I solve this now? Like, mm -hmm. it's super important to just go through the motions and learn that way. Yes, uh, exactly. And so many things can time. happen. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because uh, as we described before, sometimes you're sitting there and you're making your opponent wait. And you're like, I know there's a way to do this. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm killing my opponent here. <laughs> And what the usual play pattern for the deck is like you still have the survival. That's just like finding everything, right? Or so is it because you don't you as you mentioned, it's like with the uh, like hermit or the the stifle knot hermit combo. What what did we call it? The hermit knot. Uh, hermit knot. Hermit knot mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. combo. <clears throat> uh, you actually just need the hermit, right? But you have uh, worldly tutor. Uh, you have a tutor, and you have the survival of the fittest, and yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what's kind of interesting, and that's why I really love this version of the deck, um, because on the surface you think like, oh, it's just another graveyard-based combo. Like, why is that really better? Um, why not just do four intuition for your survival? That way you have eight combo pieces. Oh. Same situation, but. I like this one because it's it's even though it looks like a very similar combo, it's actually very different. Yeah. Uh, so number one, uh, duress can't take out the hermit druid. Uh, mm. That's probably the thing that happens the most. My opponent mm. duresses me, thinking, "Oh, I'm playing against full English breakfast. Like this yeah. is the best card to have here." Mm, and no. oh, I had the hermit druid combo. Um, number two, it's another one colorless and one green. Yeah combo this <laughs> is a single card combo so yeah. it's still very cheap but actually the hermit druid can be even faster um because uh as you noted in my list i play three elvish spirit guide oh. as a way to you know if i can get that hermit druid out turn one and i have an unearth in hand 
then I mm. win turn two. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, another thing that you noted in my list that people might be wondering about, I go three on Earth, two Shallow Grave. So Shallow Grave has this really cool, and I actually didn't even realize this, uh, it's an instant. Yeah. So uh, against, say, a control player that has taken out your Hermit Druid, you can instant speed, and it also gives the creature haste. And on top of all of that, it doesn't ruin your combo because it removes the creature at the end of the turn. Yeah. So yeah. if Hermit Druid is the top creature in my graveyard, I just shallow grave it, I activate it, it gets removed, and then I win next turn. <laughs> mm. um, so there's lots of little cool interactions that uh, regular Feb since it's all in on the one combo, uh, doesn't have that kind of like pivot to a completely different tack. Mm. And like we brushed through all the different creatures also, we mentioned most of them, I guess. Uh, you also mentioned uh, like Hypnox or whatever being yes. played. Uh, so you, you have a lot of, it's a toolboxy situation for you, right? Yes, you, exactly. At some points you need, how, how does uh, like that card usually work for you? Or, and uh, maybe a couple of other <laughs> nice <laughs> cards you choose. Well, uh, when do you, would you like to do which one? You already mentioned the, is it called, not the Bone Shredder, what's it called, the discard? Look at Mes the Mesmeric Fiend. Mes Mesmeric, Mesmeric Fiend, Fiend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, because this one does have so many cards that are relevant to the combo, you have less options like in traditional Feb uh, for going quite so toolboxy. But at the same time, like just having an Acroma, like sometimes say like there was an opponent that had a uh, Cursed Totem out against me. And uh, I had to actually win by hard casting a karmic guide to bring in a chroma in and win that way. Um, but the uh, mesmeric fiend is one of those like it's it's very common in Feblis. It's very good because sometimes yeah. it's just like you just need to get a look at your opponent's hand, yeah. um, whether or not it's to take something or to just see if the coast is clear or to make your cabal therapy as effective as possible um yeah. so that's like one of the few cards that i i'm sad that i have to go down to one <laughs> i wish mm -hmm. i could have more mm -hmm. um but you know one is enough in a survival deck yeah uh, i found that that one of as well super good like mm -hmm. I, i've actually played a deck some now and yeah the one of mesmeric queen is like second go-to uh mm -hmm. creature yeah you survival. find yourself picking yeah. it all the time yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing about this one, um, so the the birds are obviously huge, and a lot of times you'll find yourself just finding more birds because uh, you don't have a way to unearth the shapeshifter, so you have to hard cast it, and it's too blue, uh, which can be a big thing. So, so you, know, you mean like with survival, you just like bring a bunch of birds up then. Yeah, so you yeah. use Squee to be able to generate card advantage, but this mm. is obviously if you do have time, if you're having to kind of grind things out. Um, 
and then but really like for this one most things are devoted to the combo win you don't have mm -hmm. quite so many toolboxy things um i had to move the oromancer to the graveyard or to the graveyard <laughs> to the sideboard um because it's huge you know when somebody you know this format is just full of naturalizes and ray of revelations and seal of cleansings and mm. especially after game one uh so yeah. regular feb has it in the main because you know if they take out your survival in regular feb that's going to be your activation <laughs> yeah. like mm -hmm. you always yeah. leave a green open so you can get the oromancer uh mm. for me though I can just find the Hermit Druid with my last activation and go for that win yeah. if that's what I need to do. Which, which win are most prevalent for you, Mike? Um, you know, it's really hard to say. It's probably the Hermit win just because yeah. uh, that's the faster one and oh. against confused opponents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It tends to, you know, just just win <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess it's a game one win also more exactly often than another. exactly yeah it's a game one win for sure um, but the survival win is definitely the more resilient one uh, yeah. as we discussed at the top it's the one that can win around removal or graveyard removal mm. or any mm. of that so it's it's not too far off of 50 50 okay uh, that's we, we were walking through the creatures. Yeah, uh, we already mentioned uh, like the basic combo pieces, I guess. The Karmic mm -hmm. Guy, the Psychotog, the Trisk. You still have that combo, the Devourer. Uh, and you have one one of the... Uh, Acroma, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, Hypnox we mentioned earlier. Yes. Like, do you ever use that? Is it the trigger? Does it, does it work the same like it did with uh, all the other ones we mentioned? If you play the... Uh, the shapeshifter yes it that way. so yeah. it, it does not work with unearth or shallow grave because hypnox has this clause that it has to be played from your hand and interestingly enough uh i believe casting a volrath shapeshifter with hypnox as the top card of your graveyard is the actual only way to cheat a hypnox trigger mm -hmm. um there's no other way because part of being played from your hand is you have to pay the full cost um so but it's kind of easy for you to get a shapeshifter in hand with four survival and exactly yeah. yeah so oftentimes you know especially uh if my opponent if i'm not really sure if they have answers i'll usually go for the hypnox before i go for the win because yeah. it's quite easy to just you know search up a hypnox use the hypnox to search up a shapeshifter cast the shapeshifter mm. um and then you know if they if they have an answer for that i mean what are they going to do uh yeah. the trigger has already triggered they can remove it and then i still remove their hand mm. and mm. then i just search up another shapeshifter and win <laughs> yeah. yeah and the, the lost creature just for the listeners so mm. uh, I think we already mentioned all the monodorks and the druids or whatever in the main, but uh, the lost creature was the great whale, and you already told us yeah. about yes. uh, what you can so do that. So that is to cheat on mana, and yeah. it is hugely relevant because uh, in this deck in particular, having zero basics, 
most of my green mana is painful. <laughs> it's uh, four cities, uh, four Lanoir Waste, three Yabamaya Coast, and two Brushland. So, pain. yes, that's <laughs> a lot of pain. Um, every Relevantly, though, every uh, land does produce green mana because yeah. Yeah, you're you, right. you never want to be short on that. And unlike traditional Feb, um, I actually didn't realize this until the most recent iteration, and that's when I switched from four coasts, three wastes, which is how most Feb players do oh. it. Uh, I have no other blue cards. <laughs> yep. My yep. only <laughs> actual blue card is the Shapeshifter, and I guess yep. the Great Whale, but you're never casting that. <laughs> mm. So uh, I switched it to the four Lanoir Waste and three Yabamaya Coast. Um, Reflecting and you're playing one miser. What's what's the miser? That is Trevor's ruins. Yeah, yeah. Great and great. that so is you can sacrifice. That was uh, so when I was first talking to Johannes about the list, and uh, another big thank you to him because not only did he build the deck, he's always there to answer questions. <laughs> like whenever <laughs> I hit him up, and yeah. I've probably annoyed him <laughs> with Hermit Feb decks uh, questions like once a week <laughs> like saying hey what do you think about this what do you think about that <laughs> um, he, he is very active on discord yeah, say, so, yeah he he loves to talk about it he's always been up for chatting which has been such a blessing because it is so complicated you know mm. if if i was doing this entirely on my own i would have probably gone in in really the wrong direction <laughs> and ended up with just a pile of crap that would have lost immediately oh. um but so, Trevor's Ruin works with... Uh, so Gem it Mike. works very well with Gemstone Mine. Yeah. Uh, it's the bounce land that produces blue, green, and white. And um, that's that's actually uh, brings me to another good point about what separates this from traditional Feb is that I'm pretty heavy on the white splash, uh, mm. in particular in the sideboard. Mm. Um, so I played the two brush land that traditional Feb doesn't play and the Trevor's ruins. Um, so yeah, Trevor's ruins really helps with the gemstone, but it's not that big of a drawback because no. there's only 21 lands. So you're probably going to get to a point where you didn't have another mana drop anyway. Mm. Um, or if it's saving you the gemstone, which, as we said, can get very dicey. So when it comes into play, you need to return a land, basically, mm -hmm. or Correct. it gets sacrificed. Exactly. Is that a trigger, or can you use it before? Um, it is a trigger. Yeah, you, so can, you, you can use it before, I'm pretty in, sure. In yeah. So you can weird... use the land, yeah. but uh, if can't return the land itself. was a gemstone mine, you can't use the last activation no. yeah or no. the gemstone will go the it's, it gets discarded when the last uh, mm -hmm. gem is removed exactly uh, and also if your opponent has a wasteland out and you only have one land in play do not play the Travis yeah. because it for green white and blue that's the last thing also <laughs> They respond to the trigger by taking out your one land and mm -hmm. then you can't bounce a land so then the trevor's ruins goes too so do not do that if an open wasteland yeah. is out <laughs> then I, I, you need to sacrifice it if you right. don't bounce on land yeah i love that like fairness component to this tricolor land design like you can't bounce itself because otherwise you could always like play it take mana and bounce itself but mm -hmm. it's on you need to bounce a non-layer land so a yeah. non -layer it's pretty cool design. land exactly yeah. <laughs> 
one of the three land super types. We should, because uh, this is the thing with this deck. It's so fucking stacked with combos. It's mm. impossible to sideboard with. Right. But we have to go through the sideboard because yes. I feel like this was the most hard. I mean, the deck is it's pretty streamlined. I really liked it, but sideboarding makes it so complex. Absolutely. Mm. And honestly, that was the difference in me doing medium with it <laughs> and me doing very well with it. Okay. And um, so when uh, I first saw the deck, um, I forget what exactly was in the sideboard. I think it had like one or two enlightened tutors and I don't think it had any main and it was mostly owing to the fact that like uh they wanted kind of a toolboxy way that was non-creature because they wanted various different things like one engineered plague uh one warmth and oh well that's another relevant thing this deck has a much worse sly matchup than oh. traditional feb and for that reason a lot of people shied away from it and didn't want to play it because traditional feb has an okay sly matchup um it's got kind of a medium goblins and landstill matchup and those are the three toughest ones but this one has a much worse sly matchup so kind of the thinking was why would i play a version that has a much worse tier one matchup uh yeah. so my thinking was to put four tempting worm into into the board okay and they were okay <laughs> but it didn't what make... does tempting worm do then so tempting worm is a five five for one colorless and one green favorite casting cost <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a vanilla five five except that it says uh when tempting worm comes into play your opponent may put any number of permanents into play from their pretty hand. huge drawback pretty big drawback <laughs> especially if you're playing it on turn two yeah but against Sly, that's actually not really a problem because hmm. what are they holding in their hand? They're maybe going to hmm. get a free land drop out of it. They're maybe going to get that Curse Scroll or Sulfuric Vortex is probably the biggest thing because hmm. they, they're not going to put the Ball Lightning into play. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. They're maybe were holding uh, one last Jackal Pup or something, but hmm. the rest of their hand is not permanence. So it's really the only deck that you're going to even bring Tempting Worm in against. Mm. There's uh, maybe against Landstill, it can be pretty good. Um, except I wouldn't bring yeah. it in in this deck because no. this deck you're going for a combo win. Like you're not trying to beat down with a 5-5. Five -five. And mm. especially if you play it early, if you play it turn two, like you just gave Landstill four <laughs> free land yeah. drops. Yeah. Like That's yeah, way yeah. too good. Uh, yeah. And Seal so, of Counselings and Humilities and whatever, so no. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And Humility is, is oh, that's my least favorite card in the format. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, okay. yeah, you only bring it against Sly. You and went away from that plan then, I guess, rather quickly. So, so I played it in the Spring Fling, and I actually did beat, I think, a Sly in the Spring Fling. So I was like, okay, I guess four Tempting Worm, but that's eating up a lot of your board. 
but also uh, you take out the hermit druid component up against Sly because mm -hmm. that thing's not going to live long no. enough to see yeah. an activation ever. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Well, so if you shallow grave it. Yeah, you need shallow grave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the one way to do it. Ooh. And this Ooh. was before I had shallow grave in it. I was actually playing four on Earth, one reanimate okay. as just Ooh. a fifth way to uh, get it into play. Um, so then I was playing Warmth, uh, Seal of Cleansing, and then the rest was pretty similar, where it was like a Monk Realist, Octavia Orangutan, Withered Wretch, Oromancer, Crater Hellion, Spike Feeder. Actually, that's more different than I thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it was at the, uh, there was an NYC meetup for pre-modern, uh, I think it was August, that Phil Wynn put on, and he told me about, um, Actually, Dmitry Novikov turned me oh. on to it because he was in town from Canada and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in town and there's a meetup. Uh, contact Phil Wynn for the, for the yeah. uh, deets. And so I went to that and um, lost round one to Hermit Knot, which was just faster than me. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't have a way to deal with a turn one Hermit Druid. Mm. Um, and this was with the iteration that I just went through. Um, so I didn't really have good creature removal in the board. Um, and then my second loss, um, I beat a landstill deck and I beat like a contamination. It was a guy who was uh, not too big into pre-modern. So he was playing like one of his old decks from the year 2000 where it was like nether spirit contamination. It was like, I love seeing <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, where people are just playing what they want to have fun with. Yeah. But it was very easy to beat with this deck. <laughs> um, so my other opponent that I lost to was Mike Flores on Sly. Hmm. And this was when he was first kind of starting to get into pre-modern. And I had the four tempting worms and he still was able to stomp me in uh, game three, I think it was, or hmm. game two or game three, I don't remember. Uh, even when I had two tempting worms in play and right. so yeah. he was kind of like yeah that game plan you know it's not it's not doing what you think it's doing like yeah he can be quite persuasive also Mike. yes uh <laughs> quite the mind for magic <laughs> um, uh, uh, uh. so uh he suggested uh well, worship and a shield sphere and he was like, honestly, Shield Sphere is so hard for Sly to deal with. Like, it what doesn't. What does Shield Sphere do then? So Shield Sphere is uh, most famous for the deck Cheerios. It's a zero mana, O six wall. Yeah. Okay. Um, and whenever it's assigned as a blocker, it gets minus zero, minus one counter. Yeah. Um, but relevantly. Uh, so he he was also the one to suggest that I go full four Enlightened Tutor in this deck. Um, mm -hmm. and in the 75, that is. In the like 75, in right, yeah. yeah. Um, so with Worship and Shield Sphere, he was basically like, you're slowing Sly down so much with that because they have to use, you know, like two lightning bolts or something to take out the shield sphere. Mm -hmm. And that alone puts them so much on the back foot. Not only that, you get a turn zero, <laughs> turn one blocker if you need it to be that. Mm. Um, so that was a great idea because also now instead of playing four tempting worm and a warmth, I'm only using two sideboard slots. 
to right. deal with the Psy matchup. Mm. Now that's what kind of got me going on this realization of like, this sideboard needs to be very, very well crafted because you can't take out much from the 60. So much mm -hmm. is based around the combo. Mm. Unless you're in a matchup where you want to completely take out the Hermit Druid package. And so that's why I went with the full three, bringing me up to four Enlightened Tutors. So when I take out the Hermit Druid package, I put in three Enlightened Tutors. So I still have eight ways to find my survival. survival. Yeah. Um, I also started taking out the Hermit Druid against Goblins and against land still because both of them as well like they have so much removal um goblins especially i didn't really account for it but mm. with the matron <laughs> they yeah. basically they have matron they have sharpshooter they have incinerator they have mog fanatic, fanatic. Yeah. so they have four ways right there that with the exception of the sharpshooter are four ofs to yeah. take out your hermit druid before you get to activate it so i'm bringing in three enlightened tutor already i'm now up to two e-plague and four enlightened tutor and two engineered plague against goblins because goblins is a really tough matchup for a traditional feb and for this yeah. um two engineered plague can oftentimes cause my opponents to just scoop <laughs> on <Yeah>. goblins <laughs> if they're not playing green they're just like <clears throat> whatever i can't beat that um you're you're, you're still withholding the the thing mike <laughs> you you have figured it out you you removed shield sphere and worship to to one card now i did you're right yeah, tell <laughs> yes. us so so i played <laughs> the worship and the shield sphere for the uh september monthly yeah but then i realized something solitary confinement yeah is a natural combo with squee yeah um so if i have four enlightened tutor i have five solitary confinements and mm. up against sly solitary confinement and a squee is i win <laughs> there's yep. no way they can beat that unless they brought in anarchy which highly doubtful they did and a lot of people aren't even playing anarchy yeah. these days no it's a long time ago since i saw an anarchy being yeah played. yeah it's really fallen out of favor. So it's coming back. It's coming back because of Parfait. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can they can disrupt your squee, of course, with Torment Script or whatever if they bring that in. I guess. Mm. So no, so, they can't target you. God damn it, correct. they can't target you. <laughs> so that realization you just had. Yeah. Yeah. I had mid conversation with Johannes about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were on Facebook Messenger and we were chatting about it, and I all exclamation points said, "Holy shit." I just realized something. Even with the Tormod's crypt, yeah. they can't stop the squee. Yeah. Um, but I also bring in a second squee in mm, that matchup because mm. um, if, for example, um, I'm not playing against Sly, I'm playing something that does have enchantment removal. If I have two mm. squee and a survival out, I can still get to my yeah. win con in time. Absolutely. Yeah, and not only and that, all my lands earlier, aren't painful anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a million ways to get value out of that. Also, in like you have some creatures that do stuff. I guess if you get game goes on long enough, right? And it also helps in um, against the landstill matchup. I'll bring in the second squee yeah. because, as we just described, it's really helpful when you have to go grindy 
to have two mm-hmm. squee. Um, and so against them, I'm not bringing in solitaire confinement, but having mm-hmm. that extra squee was a big mm-hmm. help. Um, so the creatures... We're, we're at three tutors, one confinement and one squee so far mm-hmm. in the, from the and, sideboard then. Like and two engineered plague. Yeah. Two engineered plague. Mm-hmm. Um, seal of cleansing. Um, so, so something I didn't mention, uh, another huge mistake I made all the way back in the March monthly on stifle feb was my only enchantment removal in that board was monk realist because in the February one, I hated so much bringing in non-creatures. I found myself Mm. so many times having a hand with no creatures and a survival and it's like, how do I win? So I was playing like 13 creatures in that board. Well, mm. something I learned <laughs> in the top eight when, thank God, I somehow won through it. <laughs> For humility. Monk Realist does not deal with humility. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And humility is everywhere. Yeah. So I actually don't play Monk Realist anymore. I play the Seal of Cleansing, which I can find with the um, uh, Enlightened Tutors. Mm. Um, I also play a Miser's Ray of Revelation. Yeah. But Fantastic. if you do the Hermit Druid, you know, You've already got that for one green in your yard. Mm. Um, it doesn't happen all that often. And I actually, in my future iterations, I'm going to test out switching the Ray of Revelation for Aura Shards. Yeah. That's a more recent yeah. addition yeah. that I think Robin... It's in all my fab lists. I oh, love yeah? it. It's yeah. so fucking good. It seems uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, it's it's a funny story. So my only aura shards that I had from back in the day, I had written in Sharpie Horn of Greed on <laughs> 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 because it was an uncommon in Invasion and was not played. So <laughs> it oh, was a proxy. Aura shards is uh, an enchantment that costs three and you get to basically have all your creatures is uh, disenchant on a stick. Yeah. Exactly. Whenever yeah. you uh, cast a creature, is it cast or when it comes no, into play? En- enters the battlefield. Enters yeah. the battlefield, because no. that's how they used to do it. <laughs> no. Whenever it enters the battlefield, it's for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it can destroy target artifact or enchantment. So that's another thing, as we were saying, like having repeated things, like with mm. the Gorilla Shaman, is super helpful because so many people have oh. more than one <laughs> enchantment or artifact yeah. that you want to deal with. Um, so I'm, I'm going to test that. I think that'll probably be better than the single ray of revelation. Um, crater hellion. Yeah. What, been, what up with that card? Oh, such a wonderful card. Is yeah. it? It's so helpful. I it looks that so clunky, but okay. All warm and fussy. You inside. think it's clunky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think yeah. it's clunky, but think about what it's really doing. So, um, Obviously, say against uh, goblins, you didn't Ooh. find your plagues or tutors. That's the way you sweep the board. Um, mm. When it enters the, the battlefield, it is four damage to all creatures in play, to, basically. Right? To all yeah. other creatures. All uh, other creatures, relevantly. yeah. Because, because it's some, a four, four. Cause usually you're casting this as your shapeshifter. Um, mm. And so if it dealt it to itself and then you changed it from being a 6-6, six, six, it might die. But thankfully, okay, it's all it's a 6-6. Six, six. Is it? It's a 6-6 six, six with okay. Echo. So yeah, you yeah. got to drop something else in the yard before. And that's why it sounds so clunky. Because <laughs> I, I do get like, y- you will obviously kill like a burst of paradise or whatever uh, from exactly. your side as well. So like, it's good it doesn't die to itself, but right. it has the Echo. 
So like you need two creatures to set it up. But yeah. but honestly, that I don't think that's ever been relevant. I don't think okay. I've ever once had the second upkeep come around, and the uh, uh, crater hellion is still the top card of my graveyard. Okay. <laughs> I really yeah. don't think that has happened once. Um, but it also uh, you bring it in against honestly, like against most of the decks. Like I said, usually the sideboard is being swapped out for the hermit druids and the crows and reclamation will come out and either the karmic guide or the acroma or sometimes not sometimes i like to keep them in as utility mm. um but against decks that i'm not taking out the hermit druid oftentimes it's a gorilla shaman and a crater hellion are what i'm bringing in because okay. if i'm having to go grindy uh, especially against, say, like a Terrageddon, like someone with Werebear and Nimble Mongoose. Ooh, I love a Crater Hellion mm. against them. <laughs> uh, pretty good, pretty good. Okay. And, uh, there really are. There are so many decks that have uh, creatures that you just want to get off the board. Meddling Mage, uh, Withered Wretch. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so by being, you know, a combo of a sweeper creature and uh, kind of almost targeted <laughs> to yeah. particular creatures. Uh, it's it's great. I love crazy. So I, sh I should give it a chance then, because it's not in my sideboard currently. I, 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 on I paper, it looks it horrible, but okay, I, I need to give it a chance. <laughs> it's kind of nice that you have like different type of ways of finding different cards also, right? Yeah. You exactly. have the survival for that, but you also have like the uh, tutor package to find maybe a plague, as you mentioned. Or mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's good to have like a miser card that can get you out of situation from both of those packages. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it ends up being relevant. Now, I will add though, even though I bring it in all the time, oftentimes I'm able to just win without having to have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's more often than not one of those things where it's like uh their clock is just faster than I'm able to be and I just need to slow them down. Mm. Um, so then uh, the last thing that we haven't mentioned, which is probably the most recent addition and has been so, so, so good, yeah. Yeah. is the Swords to Plowshares. Oh, um, it. So it's only two. When I switch out the or the Ray of Revelation for the Aura Shards, I'm also considering switching out the Octavia Orangutan for a third Swords to Plowshares, mm -hmm. simply because, um, my God, is that a good removal spell. Uh, it solves. Really? Yeah, you you wouldn't think it. <laughs> so it's funny at the um, uh, uh, IRL tournament that I went to a month ago. Uh, Brian Manalakis was there, and um, he was actually my one loss in the Swiss, and he was playing Esper Stifleknot, and he was saying like he thinks that Swords might be the best card in the format. Like, I'm not sure yeah. if I would go that yeah. far, but, I mean, it is a completely reasonable argument to make. It's the most format warping card in the format, I'd say, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Oh. I would still say maybe Duress is the best single card or Cabal Therapy in the right player's Ooh. hands. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Maybe Survival. <laughs> um, there, are, there are good contenders, for sure. But yeah, Source is good. Exactly. Source is but, but Source is just so good because... Yeah. It helps you with basically all the problems that I've described up till now that the deck having. 
Um, it deals with your turn one lackey. That was a yep. big problem. Uh, it deals with hermit knot, <laughs> which you know is even faster than you can be. Um, yep. I will actually bring it in against a devourer combo. Um, it, there's just because actually devourer is really bad against this deck. <laughs> yeah, if they mill you, yeah. Their only way to beat you is fling. Yeah. But I actually mm. lost to Tom Matelski in the spring fling with this when he was able to just tangle wire and beat down with a 5-5 five, five devourer. Ah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they also have ways to recur their devourers uh, by swords being able to remove it. That really helps yeah. you there. Um, and then just so many other cards. It deals with their meddling mages. That can be a big problem. It deals with yeah. the withered wretch. That can be a big problem. Um, hippies are a yeah, big problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there are so many s small creatures that are problems yeah. for this deck that Ooh. having a one mana way to deal with it. And like a lot of people think with Feb, oh, but wouldn't you want it to be like a Bone Shredder or a Gitu Slinger or just something that you can search up with the survival? But those all have tiny problems with yeah, them. Yeah, they have. <laughs> the they Bone have. Shredder doesn't kill non-artifact, non-black creatures. Mm. The mm. Gitu Slinger only kills things for two. Yeah. Um, Swords doesn't have any of those worries. Um, yeah. Also, Swords deals with uh, Stifle Knot, you know? Uh, sometimes they can be the Pretty faster important. combo and hold you off with disruption long enough that, hmm. like I said, Mano was my only loss in that tournament on Stifle Knot. <laughs> yeah. Mike, how many tournaments have you played? Have you played any other decks than, like, Feb the last six months? Or is this your go-to deck now? I or think it's... Um, I think I took a couple of breaks for some of the summer monthlies, but okay. since the spring fling, I've played it in the spring fling. I played it in the May monthly. Then I played it in the August, September, fall brawl and two IRL tournaments. So yes, mostly yeah. just this. Um, I think I'm going to take a break <laughs> for my next one just because I, I, a little breather. Yeah, my brain needs a breather. And I'm actually not in the November monthly just because I'm also in the Super Gauntlet. Uh, and yeah, I have yeah, time. That's, that's <laughs> take some time. But, exactly. it, but I mean, d this is a good message to anyone out there. Like, if you want to be good, if you want to make results, stick to one deck. I mean, it's pre-modern, so we have a, access to a lot of decks, yes. many of us. So it's, it's yeah. harder than it sounds to actually stick to one deck, like truly, and become a it master is. of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, kudos yeah. that it has like really paid off, man. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. no, thank you. It, it, it's really, it feels kind of weird <laughs> because the last time I was this successful with one deck was like in 2018, 2019, when I was playing uh, Blue Green Dreadnought, the yeah. Ugnaught that I mm -hmm. kind of created. And I had a number of top eights with that one, but that yep. was when the monthlies were like 30 people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so not quite the same accomplishment. <laughs> like I was getting in with like four, two records. Good old times. Yeah, exactly. An easy time to make top eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny with, uh, with the fall brawl. Uh, Joachim Jansson Jukemon, he, he, was, he was ninth place on regular Fab. Uh, uh, huh. It was like a Fall Pro was a clean cut. Seven ones. It was clean. Eight, eight, eight seven yeah. ones, yeah. It was so shocking. He, 
and he went 6-2, so he didn't make it, because it would have been cool to see another Fab deck. Instead, mm. we, we got this blue stew <laughs> top eight. Should we talk a little bit about Fall Brawl as well? Yeah, let's do it. So this is actually going to be kind of news to me because I haven't been paying too much attention to who's in the top eight. <laughs> yeah. And the, for the listeners who haven't, the, the, the tournament is not done yet. It's kind no. of been on hiatus, yeah, for the last two weeks. Yeah. It, it concluded uh, at the end of October on Halloween night. And uh, we're recording this November 14th, so full two mm -hmm. weeks since it concluded, and still we haven't really scheduled anything. Um, I think my, my, my coip has been busy. Quite busy with, with the PSS. Uh, PSS mm -hmm. yeah. so, and also uh, he's yeah. been doing, uh, he's been streaming out of uh, Brian Kowal's shop, the Misty yeah. Mountain Games. He's been yeah. streaming like they did KubeCon and stuff, so he's a busy man. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of respect that. It, it absolutely it has to get to take some time sometimes like yeah we're mm. we're fine i guess but yeah um, so walk us through the top eight that we gathered is the top eight is this uh, anton <laughs> uh okay i got this intel from tom metelski so i'm not sure if this was 100 percent certain and i've just guessed some names on some decks but from what i know rich shape uh, is on parfait uh, Chris Budesheim, uh, a fellow Darmstadt German, uh, yeah. he's on Mono Blue Dreadnought. Sven Lutz, I assume, is on Mono Blue Dreadnought because there are three Mono Blue Dreadnoughts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Alvaro Galindo is obviously on Mono Blue Dreadnought. Uh, so, like, the whole brain trust of Mono Blue Dreadnoughts is in this top eight. Uh, Tom Matelski is also in the top eight, but he did not play Mono Blue Dreadnought. He played uh, Blue Black Reanimator with Show and Tell. Lovely list. Hey, show and tell. Yeah. yeah. And I'll look at that list later on. Yeah, it's, it's a show and tell. Yeah, it's a lovely list. Uh, and if you don't think like 12 counter spells and for gush with like 17 islands is enough, there's also one stasis <laughs> in this top eight. Uh, <laughs> I think it's either William Hurst or Kyle Monson. I'm not sure who plays that one. Then, of course, we have Mike Harris on uh, something that sticks out uh, Hermit mm -hmm. Fett. And there's, there is one green-black mid-range, according to Tom, when he told me before the conclusion of this. He didn't so I'm call not it sure the rock? <laughs> yeah, he didn't call it the rock, so I have no idea. Why. I'm very intrigued by this one. <laughs> what other green-black decks? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I was like, like or do you, does it mean... Yeah, <laughs> it's like, do, does it mean blue-black mid-range? Like, uh, is that William Hurst? Is he doing his uh, beloved uh, hate talk um, Interesting. deck again? I have well, no we'll idea. We'll see because I'm sure mm. the Fall Brawl top eight will be open lists as yeah, the yeah, yeah, of monthlies course, of course. usually are. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so, I, so I, you're not doing a bad thing by listening in here on the <laughs> right, <laughs> giving away my whole list. Uh, someone's right. someone's furiously scribbling notes. <laughs> you're paired up against Chris, right, in the the top eight? Yes, because yeah. he is second and I was seventh seed. Um, so I, I, I should probably test because it seems like mono blue dreadnought is quite, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, it has stifles, it has vision charm that fucks up, fucks you up with graveyard yeah. order and yeah. it has a fast clock and like a gazillion of counter spells. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough around, match. It to work around a lot of counter spells that comes from nowhere also. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually... I don't think I've played against it once with anything. So yeah. <laughs> I need to get some uh, side games in to kind of see how the matches play out. I have watched uh, 
a number no. of uh, streamed matches since, uh, as you were saying, like Alvaro Galindo, he's mm. I think he's top eighted like. Isn't this his third in a yeah, row? Yeah, I think so. He he won mm. September as well, right? Yeah, so, he won. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, he was in like the even the top two maybe of the other of August. And um mm. so yeah, I've seen it play and who is it the deck that uh yeah. islands have been begging for? Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been I've... playing a bit against it like in, in the pub. <laughs> it's like especially if it's if you're on days watch yeah. or whatever yeah. <laughs> you, you you can't do anything for yeah. the like rest of the remainder of the game mike your elvish like... elvish spirit guides will uh will be good <laughs> counter daisies they'll never see them coming yeah no I, i've actually been playing the deck uh, some and it, it's it's great it's it really fun like... and it's very resilient i mean mm. you have the secret weapon here as well you have actually sourced the plowshares and they're obviously very good right yep. so. how many uh foils do they typically run four Oh God! <laughs> Damn for it. yeah, uh, foil is I, so I, good with gush. For gush, four yeah. days, four foils. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Like Mark, well, both... what's the one when you discard islands? Also, no, uh, not that's islands. foil. Three cards. Uh... That's, foil. that's foil. Yeah, one island and another card. Mm -hmm. Okay, there, but there's another freebie that's not for Th That's right? a thwart. That you re you okay. return that's three islands. Yeah, that's, that's probably stasis. not in this one. You're probably okay. This is stasis. Yeah, but I I, I so. love I gotta say I love Mark Vogt. He said on ATC like um, all the all the cool decks now these days they play like the banned cards from Legacy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Mike, you're playing for Hermit Druid and for Survival <laughs> in the same deck. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're 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 in there. <laughs> Doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I also want to add, um, so I have played only one match so far of Show and Tell Reanimator, but boy, is it good in that deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually like things that you wouldn't really think about. Like the, one of the biggest things was I was able to keep hands without discard outlets. Mm. Um, but yeah. then also, uh, the version that I'm playing in the super gauntlet, um, I took I replace the animate deads mm. with the show and tells, and then that allows me to bring back in the Acroma and Spirit of the Night that a lot of people weren't yeah. playing because yeah. they don't work with animate dead. Okay. And boy, that's a good target. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, show and tell is very good in reanimate. I've been brewing around with it. I haven't broken it yet. Um, I, yeah, I, I've also been brewing some reanimator because that's like one of the decks I usually, one of the few combo decks that I actually <laughs> try out yeah. from time to time. Uh, I, I want to figure out what show and tell, like, I want to explore the space. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. see what it can really do. From uh, what I can tell, listening in on how this deck works there's some space to be <laughs> finding weird cards yes <laughs> mike the next thing you should try out is uh -huh. add the third combo like for reals uh, play play okay. four dreadnoughts four stifles uh just <laughs> like mm. surprise no one knows what's up is it yeah. a dreadnought is it the hermit or is it a, a someone fan? was like you should go with iridescent drake body snatcher combo and ah, of course yeah. <laughs> or gamekeeper you go with a turtle splash combo yeah. Yeah. It's like, all oh, the combos God. <laughs> my brain can't handle it <laughs> uh, okay so 
you guys uh, started this. I'm. Uh, I, I mentioned before. I'm in the passenger seat. I'm. I'm probably not even there in this episode. I'm standing <laughs> on the sidewalk, <laughs> watching you guys <laughs> go by. Uh-huh. So, uh, how how do you guys put on this? Um, I'm. I'm leaning back here. Well, I. Yeah. I. I want to give a final shout out to Johannes Kamler. No. Uh, he really is the brains behind it. He's the inventor. I'm just the innovator. Um, definitely couldn't have done it without him, but also Robin Lund, uh, and all his work with full English breakfast couldn't have done it without them. Um, and I also want to thank all my opponents who had to sit and wait while (laughs) I did lots of mana math and thought through as many lines as I could before finally going, I don't want to bore you anymore. I'm just going to go with this one. (laughs) And Good. also all the opponents who just trusted me and had no idea what I was doing and just assumed that I wasn't cheating. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. The first time you you do the unearth trick, like people instantaneously think you are cheating. So you yeah. have to have good what references going on? on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in that, that IRL tournament, I played against an opponent who it was his first time playing pre-modern. Oh. So he didn't know that he should have swords my hermit druid. And then he passed after tapping out. And oh. as I'm as I'm running through it, he's like looking at me like I have no idea what's going on. Right now. <laughs> and I'm like trying to explain it in a way yeah. that he would understand. But finally, he's just like, I trust you, man. <laughs> you yeah. got this game. So, yeah, you can now cite, uh, cite this episode and uh, like find some convoluted talk from Mike Harris, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, if, if anyone continues to have questions, like, please hit me up. I have no problem explaining it and talking it through <laughs> or uh, listen to this on slow motion. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should do like 0.5 instead. Right, like yeah. I, five, so yeah. I listen to stuff in two times the speed, but this is probably a 0.5. <laughs> then you on earth. <laughs> exactly. But, but Seb, like for reals, so we have done some uh, real combo decks now. Like we can't yeah. say reanimate and Stifonaut is, is combo decks, uh, our combo decks compared to like these no. stuff. Yeah, right? this is this real is, combo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is it, when, you, when you walk into a space shuttle and what does this button do? <laughs> <laughs> well, and one last thing I wanted to add is like, I didn't know I was a combo player before I picked up this yeah. deck. Mm. Um, I usually shy away from, you know, things that are just trying to draw out like storm. Forget it. I will never pick up that deck. Oh, or, funnest uh, deck ever. I mean, I understand why people like it, but the, the thing that's kind of different about this deck is it's almost like an aggro combo where you're almost you're still winning through creatures and you're just trying to figure out how to get to 20 it's just with a slightly different manner yeah. <laughs> approach yeah. quickly yeah mm-hmm. so really nice having you on mike thank uh, you and uh, anton always a pleasure and thanks for organizing this little nice meetup so <laughs> we get some more <laughs> combo yeah of uh, course no no it's oriented uh, things Always fun. Always fun. Mm. And uh, awesome to have you on, Mike. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Have Bye. a good one. Bye. And step.
Sick! <laughs>